Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. Hope you're going to enjoy this episode. There will be a slight audio issue around the 41 minute mark where we had to switch to our backup recording. So you will hear a change in audio quality there, but luckily it only lasts for about 5 minutes and after that it's back to regular quality. Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Stay On That podcast. My name is Peter, as you know, your host for this and all other episodes. And today I'm having a very interesting talk with a guest that is all about balance in life, work and business. Introduce yourself, please. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to introduce you for you. What's your one minute pitch? Who are you? Uh, well, I'm uh, Caroline and uh, I have two businesses. Uh, one is Successful uh, Opvoeder. That is, uh, raising kids. Raising kids. And the other one is uh, Successful Balancing. And with Successful Balancing, I train and coach parents who want to have more balance in their life. Mm-hmm. And I do that for companies who want to uh, work on a preventive way with their employees no the sick person the oh with people being sick to us yeah so they want to downgrade yeah, their yeah. the the people who are sick in their company why is this two businesses because it sounds very similar um it's not similar it's related to each other yeah but it's not similar because one is more focused on the raising of the children and ah. the other is more focused on the balance so it's a little bit more focused on the parent, uh, the work-life balance. Okay. Do you also have overlap in the businesses that par- that people will hire you for one business and then when that project's done, they say, oh, by the way, you, I see you also do this other thing, which is actually the next step. Or does that not happen? No, it's more that they... Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Because if they focus first on work-life balance, then they do notice that if they're private life with the children and the family is not that it's part of it as well yes um but my focus is personal development so also if i'm talking about raising children then the primary focus is personal development so i'm not uh i don't have a pedagogisch educational educational uh, background for raising children um but i focus on how you can develop yourself as a parent and because of that, raising children will be much more easily. I like that. That sounds like music to my ears. Yes. <laughs> well, obviously, I listen to a bunch of your podcasts because you do a podcast as well. Um, and most of the podcasts, at least the most recent ones, you start by asking your guests what balance means for them. So here goes the what question. What is balance for what me? What is balance for you? Uh, well, of course, I have a de- definition for that. Uh, I hope so. For me, balance is, first of all, knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. And second of all is having the consciousness if you live up to what you want. Ah. And third of all, if you don't do that, then you have the tools or the courage to change things in order to live the life that you want. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a little bit different than I a like lot that. of people. That's a multifaceted approach. <laughs> Uh, because already knowing what you want, uh, that's the first step, but it's already for most people a very difficult one because we, uh, for 95% of the time that we're doing, we live, uh, unconscious. Yeah. Uh, so our unconscious brain is, is programming what we do. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, we have mirror, um, uh, well, I already said that some things in English will be difficult to me. Um, uh, spiegel neuronen. Oh, pff. yeah. <laughs> Mirror neurons. Um, That's a Scrabble word for you. Well, who? Well, not who. The, the mirror neurons. They copy the things that people in your environment are doing. Oh, monkey see, monkey do. Yes. Effectively. Yeah. So a lot of people. There's a, um, a research which has been done. Uh, from an Australian um, nurse who has quite a lot of things that are difficult in English. Sterfsbegeleidster. Oh, somebody who helps the process of death? Yes. I don't know what the and technical term is for that. And she noticed that there's um, five reasons that people notice when they die uh, where they regret of during their life. Huh? And a lot of those regrets were 
also because people were not really in conscious living because they uh, regretted that they lived the life that somebody else wanted or that mm. the environment thought they wanted from them uh, instead of living their own life. Ah. So there's a lot of people, uh, and, and you are a great example of that, um, there's a lot of people who have um, uh, meetings about other people and they've, and you don't really... Uh, notice uh, don't really adjust your life to that but a lot of other people do they think well everybody around me is working full-time so i must i do must it. work full-time too yes so that is the thing to yeah do. so really knowing what you want what's important for you is already a big question a lot of people come to come to me and they say well i don't want this and this and this and this and but what do you want yes and then I, I say okay but what do you want and then it's quiet for some time well what do I actually want? So why don't people stop and think about that? Because if um, I get what you're saying, that a lot of times you're just going through the motions of whatever the environment around you demands from you, whether that's work or, or family or whatever. Uh, but when you're raised as a kid, you're like, all right, which sport do I want? Your parents will probably ask you at some point. Uh, when you go to high school, it's like, all right, which direction do you want to take? When you pick a study. Um, so I would almost think that at some point you you're you're making all those choices already so why not stop when you're a bit older and think what do i want well it's a little bit of the process of the unconscious part is that uh they you probably know the story about the frog who who they put in the boiling water yeah do you know that one no if you uh, uh put a pan of boiling water on the fire and uh you put a frog in it, mm -hmm. it jumps out immediately. Because, Obviously. yeah. But if you put the frog oh, in cold water slowly. and yeah, you yeah, heat yeah. it up slowly, it doesn't jump out. So a lot of things are heating up slowly in life. So people don't really think about it anymore. Ah, it's just yeah. the, the train is going to, is riding. And you're just on board and that's it. Yes. Ah. And then at the end of your life, you think, well, did uh -oh. I really do the things that made me happy? Mm. Or was I living the life of. Society. The society. Yeah. yeah. So that would... I like that you say it that way. Because at the end of your life, obviously, it's a big moment. Yeah? You're about to pass and that's it. So you start thinking about it. So would it be fair to say that people only stop to think about their situation when something... I would almost say traumatic happens. When something big happens. Whether that's a death in the family or an accident or a burnout or whatever. That at that mo moment, they're like, oh, by the way, let's start thinking about the train that I'm on. For a lot of people, it is an important... Uh, moment in their life yeah. and that's why also people with a burnout say well after the burnout is over they I say it was, it was a gift yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and my goal is that people don't can have the gift without the burnout that would be preferable <laughs> yeah okay so obvious next question is how do we do that is it simply let's stop and think about what we're doing once a week or once a month is it that simple probably not uh, it can be. Of course, it's diff different for everybody. Uh, I give trainings for people for four months because it does take time for people to, first of all, know what they want and mm. then change their behavior. Is it a skill? Is it something you can learn? Well, it's a... Because it's easy to say. Like we, we sit here and you're like, well, Peter, you're so focused on this and this and this. You should really think about what you're doing. It sounds pretty simple. I'm like, all right, I can sit down and think a little bit. Yeah, but, but thinking is, is just a start. Exactly. Uh, because that's what I said. Knowing what you want is step one. Yeah. Having the consciousness, if you're living to it, is step one, uh, yeah. two. And then having the skills of adjusting your life is step three. Which is why it takes you four months to sort of help people through that process. Yes. And, yeah. and the step three is most of the time an issue. Because then a lot of uh, beliefs come up and non-supportive beliefs come up. Uh, so... For instance, people who have problems saying no or always want to please other people or thinking they are not good enough. You know, I'm not able to change my life because I'm not good enough for that mm. or I'm not worth it. Or it's a lot of conscious uh, or it's a lot of beliefs and most of the time even unconscious beliefs yeah. and beliefs that people are not aware of. Of course, then it's unconscious. Yeah. And it's also difficult to admit to yourself and to others that you have those beliefs. Yes. Uh, so it's actually a bit of soul searching. Yes. Uh -huh. is, it, is it in line with um, 
because you know there's one one thing in saying like okay i'm gonna you know slow the train down and think about which direction i want to take left or right uh but i suppose it's it's part of a bigger thing like you rightfully say like what do i want who am i in this point in time in this environment in my relationship with others that i can see that it grows quite big from that initial question on mm -hmm. is that difficult does it make your job more difficult no, it makes it fascinating. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but it's it's like it, I mean more that it's it's not a very compartmentalized um, solution that you can provide. It's not like oh you do, you do A B and C and then you have your answer and then you're done. It's more like all right, well if you figure out what you want, then you have to go look at your environment if it's even possible. And if it's not possible, you have to make it possible, which means changing your relationship with that environment, which is, makes it grow quite large quite quickly. Yeah. I can imagine it's quite daunting for a lot of people. But when they start that process, they think, you know, easy fix. And then they're in that process and think, oh. Yeah, well, but but I guide them through, of course. That's, that's your and, part of the job. Uh, yeah, of that's course. my part of the job. And because I I like it to bring it in, uh, well, that's a Dutch thing in the Yip and Janneke taal. Yes. <laughs> the Yip and Janneke language. So if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you cannot even explain no, it to yourself. No, so I like it when it's, when it's easy. And that's why I prefer, and I do other programs as well. I do uh, shorter trainings if a company wants that, but I prefer the four month program because mm -hmm. then I take them in little steps. Yeah. So yes, it is. A, if you compare it from the beginning of the four months to the end of the four months, then it's a big step. But during the time, Small and steps, I also yeah. have people who told me, well, I thought in the beginning that I completely had to change my life. And I noticed that it's just a little few steps. Then the result yeah. is just very different. Yes. Uh, but I, the goal is that people have more energy, that they are more happy in life, and that if they're more happy in their work then they're more happy at home yep. and vice versa um so it's not always that we can make it difficult if somebody if you want to yeah, of course but it's not always that difficult but it it also depends on the on the beliefs that people have on the very unconscious true. beliefs and that could make it very difficult and that yeah if people really have a low self-esteem for uh, for example uh, for some people that's not part of the four month program, but I do some uh, career path uh, coaching as well. Um, and if people come to me, well, that's exactly a question. What do you want? Yeah. You can ask why would people want need coaching for that? Hmm. It's not mostly about no, not knowing what you want. It's about the unconscious beliefs about not taking the steps yeah. of doing what's important for you. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it interesting. Cool. That actually sounds very similar. Um, regular listeners will know that I used to be a personal trainer in a previous life. It's pretty much the exact same process with somebody who goes on a fitness journey. Because uh, usually they think, oh, you know, I have to start eating only chicken and rice. And I have to go to the gym uh, 19 days a week. And it's going to be, you know, dieting all the way through. But it's not. It's small changes. It's like, oh, you're, you're going to start walking the dog from now on instead of your wife. Or you're going to start taking the stairs instead of the elevator, bike to work. Small changes. That in the end lead to a big result. Yeah, and yeah, like you and said. it's and it's also knowing why it's important for you. Yes, yeah, um, that's with with things you want to change in your life, but also with with being more uh, doing more sports. Yeah, why is it important for you? Yeah, and for one person is because they want to lose weight. For the other one is that they think, well, that's what I think it's important for me. Yeah. The other one wants to have more energy. But if you know your why, that's much more easy to, to stay motivated. That's true. That's what you work for. What's your biggest success story? My biggest success story? Was, was there a client that came to you, for example, with low self-esteem, no direction, and just going through the motions, and then after a while with you, he was like, yes, I found my calling and I've become a farmer in Italy, well, as a matter of speech. It, it, what's your biggest like success story with that? Yeah, well, for me, and it may sound strange, but every client is a success story because it's not about how big... I don't want to judge the, the, the steps they make. So the steps for somebody to, to make, for somebody already a centimeter... Yeah, if, uh, if I uh, explain it by it, is is already huge. That's true. And for somebody else, quitting their job or maybe uh, working more because it's not a goal for me in the in the training and the coaching 
uh, for people to really change. You know, somebody came to me and said, well, I already know what you're going to say. I have to do less. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, and I want more balance, so I have to work less. I said, why? I said, I don't think you have to work less. Who's that? <laughs> somebody on the door. Come oh, on okay. here. Yeah, sure. Pause it. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. Ideaal. Ja, ik moet nog zelf koken straks. Ik hoef alleen maar in de macaton te doen en dan. Uh, dat is wel relaxed. En we hebben wij uh, vers avondeten. Goed geregeld. Ja, zijn we ook nog steeds heel blij bij uh, uh, zij meer, en wij. Niks meer aan doen. Dus, uh, dat gaat ook maar. Ja, daarom. Dus, uh, dus misschien uh, nog een inspiratietip. Ja, zeer zeker. Uh, Oké, okay, dus geen groot succes stories. Cool. Well, of course, they are big success stories. Um, but but I don't want to judge it on what's, no, no, what's no. a big success. For me, it's, for instance, somebody said, well, um, thinking a lot. I don't know the word in English, pikere. Really worrying. worrying. And he said, well, um, he learned that he could stop his worrying. He said, I'm not, it's not that I'm not worrying anymore, but I know where the, how to stop it. That's uh, good. So that may not sound a very big, huge success story, no. but for that person, it That's has a been a big step in his yeah. life. Um, and it must the, be really cool, actually, that because your clients are so different every time, because everybody's story is different, right? That you never have a boring day at the office, so no. to speak. No, That's oh, pretty I cool. have a lovely job. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> and I have a fantastic podcast where I meet a lot of interesting people as well. That is even more so, fun. So, yeah, I have a very... Um, uh, adventurous life yeah are you having a balanced life though? Uh, do you practice what you preach of course I practice what I preach that's good um, I do know what I want uh, I'm conscious and um, and I have the uh, the tools to adjust it mm-hmm. and it's always important to have those milestones where you to keep conscious yeah uh, to say, well, okay, is, am I still living up to what I think is important to me? <laughs> and I know my core values, uh, which are important for me into my life. So if I notice that, well, I'm not really happy at the moment, then I always sit down and think, okay, what, where is it going wrong? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where am I not living up to my values and where can I change it? A little self-reflection. Uh, but I think that's important for people to say, I'll always say, it's... A dream to say that you're always in balance. Oh, yeah. I don't that's, believe. That's I don't sense. believe no. that people are always in balance. Then I think, well, uh, so so I'm not selling people to live into balance. I'm just no. selling to adjust quicklier. So if your life is not okay, then you have the tools to adjust adjust quickly and come back into balance. Huh? That makes a lot of sense, actually. I would almost say that if somebody claims to be fully balanced, he's probably very unbalanced because of that. Yeah, I, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, if maybe you're always the Dalai Lama or whatever. That's, that's, but, but what's really balanced? Well, uh, it's not that I'm always happy or always relaxed or I never have stress or no. whatever. No, I do. Yeah. I do know how to adjust. It's, that's the key, then. Probably. That's for me the key. Is that where people go, let's say, off the rails? If they don't have the tools and if they don't have the awareness of noticing things are going to go wrong until it's too late. Is that why people go wrong? Yeah, that's of course when burnouts happen. Yeah. That uh, burnout is just a very long time not doing what's important for you. Yeah, and burnout ignore, doesn't happen in a week. No, right? it's ignoring your body. It's ignoring uh, what's important for you uh, and doing that for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so actually, that is one step one, two, and three. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they do know what they want, but they are not conscious if they're living up to it. And it's most of the time it's people who are um, very driven. Uh, too driven, then almost. Too driven. Yeah. Or if they really have problems, saying no. 
Uh, and that might be because they feel responsible for everything. Uh, and that that's conscious beliefs again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> I really like it because, like I said, it has so much uh, relation to what I used to do as a personal trainer, just more on a, on a purely physical basis. But it's, it's, this, it's very similar systems, which is really fascinating. Yeah. I like that. Switching gears a bit, you're also a mother. Yes. Two kids. Yes. 12 and 9. Nine, nine years correct? old, yes. What kind of mother are you? Are you, are you a helicopter mom? Are you a you-can-do-whatever-you-want mom? Or you, what kind of parenting style would you say you have? Well, um, I give them a lot of responsibilities on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know what the exact term for that is. <laughs> I will start thinking about one. Um, but I think it's important for gi- to give them uh, their own responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um it makes it easier for you as a parent. So I will give an example. Um, my oldest one just went to middle school. Yeah. And you can be a, per- a parent who truly uh, checks if they've done their homework and uh, uh, help them planning and studying. And um, and I always say to him, I'm here when I when you need me. But you have to ask. Yeah, but it's your uh, it's your school. It's your future, um, but I'm here whenever you need me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't ask me, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of times he did have a bit of a pattern that he wanted my help. For instance, if we had a, a test, then the evening before at nine p.m. he wanted my help. Yeah. <laughs> I told him now. Well, I've done that twice, and. That's not the way that I help. No. <laughs> if you need my help, then you can get it, but you can get it a little bit earlier. Yeah. See, if all else fails, call mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel responsible for them to uh, teach them all about personal development mm. and about uh, how they communicate with themselves and with others. I feel responsible to teach them about um, how they uh, come along with money uh, yeah. uh, and how they come along with social media. Yeah. I All don't the modern f- parenting challenges. I, yes, but I don't feel responsible for them to give send them in a direction for studies or make sure that they get high grades or whatever. No. And I know you have some international listeners who probably have a different approach yes, to that. Yes, yes, yes. But um, um, last, a couple of months ago, he came home, my oldest one, with his first two for a test. Ooh, an important moment in every yeah. teenager's life. And I said, well, congratulations. That's the first one. <laughs> and he, he was really, why? You're congratulating me? And he was a bit of ashamed of telling me that he yeah. had a two. And I said, well, first of all, it's kind of uh, great that you didn't get a one. Or you did something, a, right? Yeah, so <laughs> you didn't completely uh, fail. You had your you name still, correct. You still have a two. <laughs> uh, but second of all, you now have a chance to make a decision. What What does this do to you? Do, uh, do you think it's cool to the other mm. uh, children in class? Or do you hate it? Do you, want, do you prefer high grades or not? What is important for you? Yeah. And that almost sounds like your professional self pushing through a little bit there. Well, of course, I take my my training and coaching experience yeah, yeah, yeah. in in my uh, uh, race in the way I raise my children. Yeah, yeah. but I don't want to make let him make uh, good grades because he thinks he I feels, want. Yeah, it. yeah, fair. It has to be his I, own. Yeah, I, I'm I'm focusing on intrinsic motivation. On intrinsic motivation. I like that technical terms. Yeah. People take note. <laughs> and uh, of course, it's easier because he does. Uh, he, he do, does think it's important to have at least um, a pass. Uh, pass? A pass, yeah. A pass. If he really, and that's what I told him as well, if you really decide, well, it's not important for me, I'm going to fail all the time and I have to do a year over and over again, that at the end, we do, of course, yes. <laughs> interfere. A little bit. Because I said, I'm not going to let you throw away your total future. So if you if you have to skip school and whatever, then, then I do really interfere. Mm-hmm. But once it's, since it's not necessary and since uh, for a long run, I want to focus on their intrinsic motivation. You think that is... Because um, I, I recognize a lot of things that you say in the way I raise my kids. We're both 
Dutch. Mm-hmm. You think that it has a lot to do with our Dutch overall mentality? Because I effectively follow a very similar strategy. I give them a box to operate in, and whatever they do in that box is effectively up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's with playing or with spending pocket money or whatever. Uh, but I do set some boundaries. boundaries. Like yes. I, if, as long as you move between A and B, you know you make your decisions. You live with the consequences as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you decide to spend your pocket money on this, then obviously you cannot spend it on something else, and you're not going to get anything new or yeah, yes. your own decisions. Uh, but at the extremes of those decisions, I would also interfere at some point. Yeah. Uh, which is very similar to what you're describing. You think that has to do with the fact that we're both very Dutch? Well, I think you actually have more experience to judge on that than I have because I've lived in Holland uh, most part of my life. I think it's a very Dutch thing. Yeah, but also in, in, in Holland, I see a lot of parents who don't live up to that. Really? Who do really... We have helicopter parents as well. Yes, that's true. We have... Uh, my son is is in middle school now. We have a, a group WhatsApp with all parents. And I also see things happening in there that I'm think. well, yeah. they're 12, Ooh. 13 now? Are you, yeah. still, are you still reacting like this? Uh, so there's still parents who do that. That's true. Um, and and they probably do that because they think that that is the best way for them. Yes. And I don't know. I just have a different opinion. Are you? Um, were you raised in the same way? Because if I think back of my parents raising me in living memory, would I would say that they did very much the same thing. It's like, oh, your pants are dirty? Well, we'll show you how the washing machine works and you can do it yourself. You get your own responsibilities. You suffer your own consequences um, within a certain box that we let you do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize a lot of things that I do with my kids now. I'm like, oh, well, my parents used to do it too. Is it, is it the way you were raised as well? Um, I do think that they gave me quite a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, the big difference that I think that I have is that I focus more on personal development. Mm-hmm. And that's what my mother told me uh, some time ago, that in the time when they were young, um, it wasn't that much of an issue in, no. in the society. No, so true. it's just that right now there's more focus on it. Yeah. Um, but in the last 15, 16 years, I learned so much that I thought, well, I would prefer that I'd known that before. Uh, then my life would have been, well, different. different. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that personal development must be um, a school um, uh, subject. A school subject. Yeah. Um, and not just a school subject uh, like gym, gymnastics, that's just for fun. But really serious topic. something yeah, that they yeah. have to do an exam in, that mm-hmm. it's important. Uh, and I think it's undervalued in our whole society um, how important it is to focus on personal development. Yeah. And that is something that is very different for, compared to how I was raised. Because yes, it, it I just wasn't the focus. No. But I do think that my parents did give me uh, quite some own responsibility as well. Yeah. I don't, my conscious memory is not that good <laughs> to really think, well, did they do that exactly no, or not? No, I don't know. The overall gist? I do think, well, I, I moved out of the house when I was 17 uh, and I moved away two and a half hours from my parents. Mm. Um, it is quite young in Holland to do that. Um, but and nothing extreme either. No, not really. I, think I was 18. Yeah. After high school, right? Yeah, my, my brother stayed f- until 26 or 27. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, ready? is dinner ready? <laughs> but uh, and I, I never had to do uh, the laundry, uh, but we did do the dishes. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember really that I had to cook. And my my son now that I'm really teaching, like once a week, he he's cooking. Nice. Uh, it's also very nice for yourself as a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my my both both of my boys, I wouldn't say they live in the kitchen, but from the word go, they were in the kitchen, looking what I was doing. Now they're actively helping. Uh, the oldest one, I think he, I gave him his first knife when he was three. Yeah, and well, proper knife, you know, sharp and everything. You yeah, go, yeah. Well, you want to help? Here you go. Cut the salad. Yeah. Well, the personal interest of my children wasn't really big in the kitchen. So I do need to motivate him a bit. 
but I think, well, that's my job as a parent. Yeah. I don't want to uh, let you go, go out of the house and you don't even know... How to cook an egg? No, yes. No, I, I would not forgive myself for those. No, so that kind of stuff that I do. But the rest, uh, for instance, having um, money for buying clothing, then he has different opinions on what's important for him. He wants to have yeah, yeah, uh, clothes with uh, from a certain brand. Yeah. Well, I said, well, that's your opinion. I'm not paying 150 euros for a jacket. If you want to do that, that's fine. But, but then, then yeah, but then you know what the result is. Yep. Or the consequences. Very true. Uh, My parents did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're like, here's your clothing money. If you want to buy one pair of shoes from it, that's on you. But then you only have one pair of shoes and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there's still in Holland a lot of parents who do give clothing money, but still don't really get their hands off it. We started with, so my oldest one turned six last month, and which we thought was a good moment for pocket money. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife had a conversation, like, how do we approach this? Because we wanted to teach him, obviously, the value of money. What does money do? What, is it, you know, what can you buy and what can you not buy? Uh, but we also said we make it unconditional. So he can buy, if he wants to buy candy, that's candy. If he wants to buy Lego, it's Lego. Um, but we really said like it should be all on him no responsibility from Armour we just give the money it's unconditional that he gets it even though we're angry at him or whatever we can't take it away and it's his decision that we will not interfere with uh, so it's uh, you give the example of clothing money with an obviously a much older kid but it's the same uh, principle again like you, you do you learn you make your mistakes uh, and you suffer the consequences and reap the benefits if you do it right yeah. in your opinion right so I think that's it's nice It's a, I think it's a very sober approach uh, and also teaching kids how the world works in the end and right? it makes as a parent a lot easier it makes life easier because yes. you don't have to think about it no I, and I cannot imagine giving him pocket money but that's it's much in my personality as well but and saying uh, well here's your money now go buy this I'd be like and I, I would uh, absolutely expect him to be like well then why are you giving me the money just buy it yourself yeah and give it to me and because he's that's much of, much of a smart ass to be honest but mm. so I, I like the the very sober approach to, to things like this as well. And I think that's, again, maybe it's personality as well, but also the way the Dutch in general will have a, a reasonably sober approach to things. Yeah. I like that. It's interesting. All right, well, we uh, did a podcast. We did your podcast right before we recorded this one in which we also talked about sports. And, of course, I do a lot of sports, as the regular listeners know, uh, maybe a bit too much even uh, to some opinions, but that's a whole different topic. Mm. What kind of sports do you do? Because I know you do some. Yes, I do running. Uh, and since half a year, I go to the gym as well. Nice. Uh, before, I did running two or three times a week. Uh, and I did some uh, exercise, like sit-ups and whatever at home. Okay. Uh, and I try to walk and bike a lot. Yes. Uh, but since I have here, my son really wants to go to the gym. Uh, really? And he's not allowed to go by himself, by himself yet. So you go together? So we go together. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it that's is. That's a good bonding exercise. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. Yeah, it's um, until 16. He's not allowed yeah, to go Yeah, then they need himself. an adult there. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we go together. Cool. So actually, I'm running a bit less, but now I'm going to the gym instead. Hey, that's really nice. I like that. And uh, and he did uh, for I think a half a year. He did really at a different sports school uh, school with a trainer. Yeah. But it's quit it because there was not a lot enough children for that. Oh, yeah. uh, but he does know a lot of exercises, so he's really challenging me as well. That is awesome, <laughs> mom. Can we do this? <laughs> so if we're planking, then he says, "Well, mom, you can do two minutes." It's like, "Well, two let's minutes. go, let's go." Two minutes is quite long. That is nice. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, five more seconds. Yes, you're almost there. <laughs> so he's being the coach. Yeah, he's also being the coach. That's yes. cool. How long before he's going to... Because obviously he's a boy filled with testosterone. So it's a matter of time before he's going to outpace you. Uh, at he, some he, paces he... Uh, some, he's already? Uh, uh, yeah, but it differs. So yeah. then you got to send your husband? Or? So I think his his stomach muscles are... Well, not, not all. The planking, he's better on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on some other exercises, I do more weights than he does. You can still handle it. Uh, okay. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it differs. Differs on the, the muscles. And, yeah. and I do instruct him to listen to his body a lot. Uh, Obviously, yeah. Sometimes he does have a muscle that he says, oh, that muscle hurts. And I said, okay. We'll do something else. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. So it's easy, that's important for the children because they're still growing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to overdo it. 
Yeah, that's all, not a whole separate discussion, but yeah, I think that's a good approach yeah. in general. Yeah, but I do agree, well, I'm not that enthusiastic as you are, but I do agree on the sports issue that it's um, very important for people to uh, be conscious of their exercise and what they eat. Yes. And that the impact of those two on how you feel in your life is Enormous. so important. Yes, and very underestimated. Very For some reason. Very underestimated. Why do you think that is, actually? I think people become complacent. Become what? Complacent. They think, oh, one pizza is fine. Two pizzas is fine. A little bit of uh, extra sugar is fine. Energy drink is fine. Two energy drinks is fine. Five energy drinks is fine. And before you know it, uh, it's a little bit That's like... That's the, the, the frog in the pan. The frog in the pan, exactly. So you find yourself 25 kilos overweight. You're like, oh, yeah, I really should not have started five years ago with the energy drinks. So I think people are lazy that way. And... I would argue that a lot of people, for some reason, don't know. I had so many clients. Like, I always had people write down for a week what they would eat and drink. And then you look at it and you're like, well, you're not eating food. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, it's deep freeze this. It's microwave that. It's takeaway. So there's no actual food. Where's the broccoli? And they go, what do you mean? Is it, huh? I stick it in my mouth. And then you explain the difference between something you eat and actual food. And they go, oh, yeah, I never looked at it that way. And like, well, how can you not have, have you been on the internet? Or, you know, yeah. That I think a lot of people genuinely, for some reason, don't know the effects of sport and food on the body, which is weird. It is. Yeah. Um, I think consciousness is of course very important yes. uh, I think for parents that we're talking about uh, if we're talking about sports uh, especially then most of the time it's the thing that they do if they have time left over which they never have of course nobody has time exactly uh, but everybody so has they, time for Netflix they don't right? make it a priority no um, and also is that you, if you want to benefit from it, you first have to... Uh, Suffer a little bit. Yeah. You have to get through you know, that initial it's, phase. It's short time pain is long time gain or the other way There's around. Plenty. Yeah, yeah. So it's just easier. Our brains are actually um, uh, programmed in a way that they want to choose for short term. Yeah. So... If they want a, a short time gain is already is also long term pain. So, for instance, if you watch Netflix with a, a bag of chips, then in the short run it's nice, but in the long run you get fat. Yeah, you get fat. You don't have energy. You don't feel uh, fulfilled. Yep. But yeah, it is a bit more difficult for our brains because they do want to focus on the short term. Uh, so people first need to be conscious. Uh, then they need to start with commitment and um, discipline. Oh, yeah. uh, once you have it into place, then the discipline is not that important anymore because then you... You're in the system. Yeah, you're, yeah and then you know, well, I never want to miss this anymore because I think it's, it's so, so great. Nice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So then you need... But in, in the beginning, you do need the discipline. Yeah, yeah. the initial startup is yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. But once yeah. you're there... Yeah. It's, beautiful. it's beautiful. So sometimes it's also that people don't know what's possible for them. I think that's so true, yeah. And if they had known, they'd probably done it much easier. Much no. easier and sooner. Yeah, but that's the same with people who use drugs or smoke or have a toxic relationship. They're like, oh yeah, if I would have known 15 years ago, whatever, I would never have started. Yeah. And then I was asked the question, like, well, why don't you start now? But that gets so uncomfortable yeah. sometimes, that conversation. Yeah. How do you... Um, um, you mentioned that you use food in your work as well. That people have a look at their what they eat in order to fuel the change that they're making. Do you also look at sport? Yes. How do you incorporate that? Well, I just want to make them conscious about the impact. Actually, what we're discussing now, yeah. right now. So I don't give them exercisers or I'm not a sports You're not coach. a personal trainer, no. No, I'm not a personal trainer and it's also not a thing that they have to do. I just want to make them uh, aware of the, th uh, the thought that if you're working on yourself, then working... Your body is part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you already uh, gave the example of the sports car, um, that it's important that if you drive a car, you put the right fuel in it. Um, so if you have a body, you have to take care of it as well. And you have to put the right things in there as well. Yes. Um, so I do want to make people aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't focus it on it all the time during the training. It's part of the toolkit, I suppose. It's part of the toolkit. Yeah. 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 And it's just, I offer them things. 
and say, okay, just just think, uh, we have a wheel of life, which we start with, we give all um, numbers on different aspects of your life, mm-hmm. and then we focus on which aspects now the lowest, and where can we get the most results. And I, if one thing in your life is, is growing, then the other ones are most of the time coming along as well. Yes. So as, sport as you is said, a, is with, a two? The, with the circle that if you uh, sport uh, and you get the right nutrition, then you feel better, then your energy is up, then your work is more productive, yep. then your relationship is better. So, But maybe for other people, the relationship is the issue. That's so where the start is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not that all people who come to my trainings and workshops... Uh, are not sporting or are no no no. So for some people that part is already back good into place. Yep. Maybe yep. for other people the unconscious be- beliefs, non-supporting beliefs, are much much more important. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a total package. <laughs> how much is it a puzzle for you to figure out? I wouldn't say how to fix somebody, but how to help somebody best. Because I can imagine uh, you mentioned that that wheel of life. Uh, that's a nice exercise to do, you know, what do you rank most important in your life and so on. Uh, but it must be that because every client is different for you, that you have to spend, let's say, the first week of the program puzzling, figuring out that person to begin with to see what the best approach would be. Is that true? Um, no, not totally, because they do a lot of the puzzling themselves. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so they come... It's. The, the four-month program is a combination of uh, live trainings, webinars, and one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And on the one-on-one coaching, of course, I do some puzzling. Yeah. Uh, but because they have done their work in the home assignments and the trainings... It makes your job easier. Yeah, that makes my job easier. Well, at least yeah, well, maybe because, not your job, but the, the puzzle part. Yeah, so we know where, where the, the, the biggest pain issues are. And that's what we focus on. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, If people listening to this podcast are struggling with, let's say, life in general, with priorities, with stress, with work, with kids and and the whole, everything that that sort of brings together, how would you say, what is the, you mentioned, you know, the the three steps, but where do they start? Is it, is it, um, is it a matter that everybody should find a, coach similar to what you do uh, as a preventative measure before they actually start getting issues or is it is it enough that people sometimes just take a weekend off and do nothing or start asking some questions you know together with a partner maybe where do people start yeah well there's different parts to start I do think that it's always good to have somebody uh, or a coach sometimes it could be a partner or whatever but they're not really objective anymore no you're too close to the person yeah, but um because you're so stuck into your own patterns and routines, it's most of the times difficult for people to see their own flaws. Yes. Uh, that's I why that. I do always, uh, I, I think always a coach is a great idea. Um, but of course, there's other things where you can start. Uh, there's the Wheel of Life. Uh, that's a free download on my website as well. I don't know oh. if you have show notes. But yes, I, can, I will put all uh, yeah, links to your website and notes. podcast in the show notes. Um, and it's always good to just every quarter uh, of the year to, um, to to get the wheel of life and to give yourself numbers on, on how, how you scale. And to focus on the issues which are the lowest. Um, yes. to, to see what can you improve on small steps to really do that. Um, also a great thing for people to really um, get more focus on what's important for them mm-hmm. is to write a letter to themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, as we said in the beginning of the interview is that the, um, uh, if you go to your death uh, bed, yeah. if you just imagine that you are 90 years old or 100 years old, uh, how do you want to look back onto your life? What kind of person would it, would you like to be? Uh, what what kind of things is important for you to that you have done? So you're writing a letter to your younger self. Yes. Ah. Well, or to your younger self, or maybe okay. Well, now I'm not, I'm hundred years old, and well, I look back onto my life, and I really am so glad that I did take the courage to change my job. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or like that, that I I'm so proud of myself because. 
I was always there for other people when they needed me or I was always very aware that if there's somebody that I'm talking to that I have all the uh, awareness for that person only and not doing other things or yeah. what do you think what do you want some some for some people it's easier that what do you want other people to say on your funeral ah that's a good one too and if you just write that and then probably put it away and then a week later read, read it, it ah. and see well okay if if this is what i think is important to me am i am i living up to this life now at the moment interesting um can people be honest enough to do that well, if people really want to invest the time in this... They have to be. Yeah, fair enough. Then I assume that they do want to change something in their life. Otherwise, mm. you're not doing it. Then you're probably just watching Netflix. Probably. But if you, adjust, if you invest the time in making such a, such a letter or in grading your life, then you do want something to change. And if you want to change, then yeah, you do have to need, you need to be honest as well. That's, yeah, that's a mindset. But being honest can be painful yeah it usually is yeah you mentioned earlier that this kind of exercise should be part of schools right mm -hmm. um, as a, an actual subject how much do you um, believe it is or it should be part of a work process because obviously people spend a lot of time physically at being at work or doing some work related stuff uh, i can imagine that this is if this is part of a regular cycle in work where you say every so many months we sit down and you know not just have an hr talk what a lot of companies i assume have say like oh you're still happy with your job you're still happy with your career path and that's it but an, an actual exercise like this with a coach like you where you make that wheel where you look at the previous wheel where you look at that letter uh, example and where you actually work with people how much is is that part of a working culture here it should be, yes. yeah, and it's not everywhere part of the process yet. No, uh, definitely not everywhere. But I do think that it's important for businesses to see it as a way of getting more revenue. That if people are happier uh, and stay into their job, are nine times as loyal, they're fifty percent less yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sick. They are twelve percent more productive. I like you that you have your numbers. That's nice. Yeah, but then then it's a revenue. So um, so it's an investment in your in your people. Yes. Yeah. And yes, there's still a lot of people uh, companies who think, well, we're here to work. Yes. And this is just all pfft. whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you really have problems, you can talk to a coach. But otherwise, just work. Yeah, on your own expense. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's then short term. That, exactly, because then that employee does get a burnout. Is home for six months, paid leave, and doesn't do anything contribute you know, contributing to the whole company. Which then it is an actual cost. Yeah. A liability. Even. Yeah, and if you have a burnout, then the costs uh, come up between uh, eighty to one hundred to twenty thousand euros. And then suddenly they do want to invest to make sure that the person is coming back as quickly as possible. <laughs> and uh, I have a burnout a reintegration program as well, but that's not focusing, focused on getting people back as soon as possible. No, as it's healthy about, as possible. Yes, yeah, as yeah. healthy as possible to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because if you only make sure that they, are, they have uh, energy again, but you didn't work about the uh, non-supporting beliefs, why they did get the burnout they will come back into a burnout again. Yeah, probably. Is a burnout a bit like um, like a sprained ankle? Once you do it once, it's easy to do it again? If you don't take proper care of it? Um, well, I'm happy enough that I didn't have a burnout myself. So I That's cannot good. totally uh, talk about uh, a personal experience. For the burnout program, I do cooperate with a burnout coach who did have a burnout because okay. I think it's always good to talk from your own experience as well yes. um so i think it differs if the pain if the burnout was hard enough <laughs> so if the pain was big enough then i think people do know how to uh, to to make sure it doesn't happen again however on the other hand there's a lot of people as well that did have a burnout but it was quite okay in a, a few one. few months they were back into the job mm. um and yeah they say uh, a monkey doesn't it's a, it's a dutch sentence uh, a monkey doesn't uh, throw his hat for the second time on the stone <laughs> but i'm not totally sure there are some people who do really need to learn it the hard way
Yeah, have another one. Yes, have another one. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And again, that's the same thing as with my uh, with my fitness clients as well. Like, yeah, they lose weight, and then you're like, all right, and then we don't need to continue working, and then five months later, they're twice as heavy, and like, oh man, you really want to go through all that again? Yeah. They go, yep, here we are. Yeah, they think, well, I'm back on track and now I can just go and work again and do everything on the same pace Exactly again. like I used to do it. And if you don't have the non-supporting yeah. beliefs into place, then you run into the same uh, problems. Fair enough. I think that's a good note to end on. I like the write a letter to yourself one. That's a top tip for this podcast. Write some letters to yourself. I really like that one. That's a good one. Maybe I'll start doing that. <laughs> This is it for this episode. Thank you very much for being here. Yes. And doing it in English. I'm sure my international audience will very much appreciate that. I'll put all your information, website, podcasts, and everything else in the show notes, of course, because there's more than plenty of interesting interviews that you've done with other guests. Uh, actually, some famous people in between brackets here in the Netherlands. Yeah. Those podcasts are in Dutch, though, but I'm sure people will find their way around it. And your website, obviously, for all your business-related questions. Uh, can people reach out if they, I suppose, have issues? Do you only work locally or nationally? Uh, internationally, you mean? Internationally. Yes. Well, I, I suppose you're not going to fly to Mumbai uh, to fix somebody, but you work not only in this city. Well, it depends on the, on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if some uh, if there's an interesting project, then I do really fly uh, fly abroad um, yes. because I do give workshops as well, also one or two days. Um, okay. my website is in Dutch though uh, the book that I've written with my husband is in Dutch yes. um, but if they uh, get in contact with me of course I'm sure my we'll English we'll is not fluent but I we'll am out. able to coach people in English yes excellent good that was it for this episode thank you all for listening any feedback obviously is always appreciated as long as we keep it positive and until then I'll catch you guys in the next episode cheers You should be able to hear me just fine. So this is what we'll do for now and then we'll see how it goes.